Well, good morning, friends. It's Paul. This is my second podcast. This one is for our worship for this coming Sunday, Palm Sunday, April the 5th. A couple of things before we start. One is that um, this recording is being made in my home office. So if you hear a dog bark or a toilet flush or a sump pump come on, I apologize uh, because I am not in a professional setting. Um, also, if you're looking for a daily devotion, I'll remind you again about D365. You can find it on the internet. It also has a uh, an app that you can save so you can go to it every day. It's not very long. It has background music and it's well done. The other thing is if you have anything you need to talk to me about, you know my numbers and I'm here. So let us prepare for worship. On this Palm Sunday, let us listen in silence away from the distractions of daily noise and focus our attention on listening in a deeper way. Listen for that still small voice from deep within. Meet us here. Find us in our wanderings. Meet us here, deep within our souls. We're nearing the end of our Lenten journey, and as disciples of our Lord, we remember the events of long ago when the twelve disciples entered Jerusalem with Jesus, but then deserted him a few days later. We remember then in our own lives, when things go well, we often know God is with us. But when we're afraid, we are at risk, or we're at risk, we may abandon our faith. We light this candle this morning as a symbol of our trust in Jesus Christ, that God will always remain faithful, even when we lack faith. Let us pray. Holy One, you have journeyed with us through the valley of the shadow and will see us through to the other side. Help us to remain faithful to you, even in times of deepest doubt. Amen. Our opening hymn this morning is Voices United, number 124, he came riding on a donkey. The music I've chosen for this morning is from a group called The Common Cup. Some of you may have heard of them before. And here it is. He came riding on a donkey. He came riding into town. Slow and easy, kind of lonely. Came riding with the dawn. His disciples walked beside him, staying close, a little shy, not too sure where he would guide them, on to live or on to die. But all the morning sang his praises, waking birds and dancing. Spirit, join the 
splashing in the sun. So all the city sang his praises, waking streets and dancing crowds. Here he is, the son of David, our Messiah, son of God. In our fasting and our feasting, call to follow in his way. Call to walk his road to Easter, call to live his cross today. Hosanna's to the Son of David, Hosanna in the hands above. Blessed is he who comes to save us, blessed is he who brings his love. Let us join to sing his praises, open hearts and souls to God. He is with us, Son of David, God's Messiah. Christ the Lord. Let us join to sing his praises, open hearts and souls to God. He is with us, Son of David, God's Messiah, Christ the We come to prepare for the holiest of weeks. We will journey through praise with joy on our lips. We will travel through betrayal and death, cradling hope deep in our hearts. Jesus leads us through this week and we will follow for he is the life we long for. He is the word who sustains us. We wave palm branches in anticipation. We lay our love before him to cushion his walk, setting aside all power, glory, and might. He comes modeling humility and obedience for all of us. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes to us, the one who brings us the kingdom of God. Friends in Christ, for the five weeks of Lent, we have been preparing for the celebration of our Lord's suffering and death. And today, together with the whole church, we begin this Holy Week by welcoming our Messiah. So like the people of long ago, let us welcome Jesus and follow him to the cross. Let us pray. Lord, as we remember how Christ the King entered Jerusalem to the sound of joyful shouts, increase our faith and listen to our prayers, so that we may praise you every day by living always in him. For he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit one God, now and forever. Amen. When the parade is over, do we pick up our lives, brush them off, and live in the old way? Do we toss our palm branches aside so we can grasp the seductions of the world? As we begin the journey through the holiest of weeks, let us speak the truth as we confess to our God, praying together. Ever-constant love, Mixing love and hope together, you paved the way to the kingdom, but we prefer to stub our toes on the potholes, the potholes of the road of temptation. You would touch the cup of grace to our parched lips, but we seem to hunger for the ashy taste of bitterness. 
You beg us to learn the songs of salvation, but we hum along with the chorus death plays in the background of our lives. Have mercy upon us, God of holiness. As you come to us, you bring healing for our brokenness, peace for our troubled lives, hope for our doubting minds. May we empty ourselves of everything which keeps us from following you, so we may receive these gifts and more from Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Laying aside judgment, God offers us redemption. Setting aside anger, God embraces us with love. Letting go of grief, God pours living water upon us. This is the good news, my friends. God's steadfast love endures forever. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes to us in the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, our next bit of music this morning is um, a piece of music from Keith and Kristen Getty. It's called My Heart is Filled with Thankfulness. Oh, 
Our first reading this morning comes to us from Psalm 118, verses 1 and 2, and then verses 19 through 29. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you. Give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the, festation, bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And our gospel reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, the first 11 verses. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks or says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, what does it feel like to have less than a week to live? That's the situation in which Jesus finds himself when he makes his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. The crowds don't know what's coming. The disciples have been given hints and even outright declarations from Jesus that the Son of Man will be betrayed into the hands of sinners and killed. But like all of us who know our lives one day will end, 
we shy away from actually imagining what it would be like or admitting that it could happen at any moment. To the disciples and the crowds, this is a moment of incredible potential and excitement. They have seen the miracles Jesus is capable of and who knows what that power might do if they could convince him to turn it against Rome. For those thinking that way, Jesus' bold entry into the heart of the Roman stronghold surely bodes well for that kind of thinking. What a lonely moment this must have been for Jesus to be surrounded by screaming fans but burdened by the knowledge of how brief their acclaim will be. This is the point of no return for Jesus. By entering Jerusalem on a colt with the crowds laying down their cloaks before him and shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David, he has triggered one prophetic tripwire too many. The Roman rulers and the Jewish religious authorities can no longer pretend that he's insignificant, that he's a fad, that he's not dangerous. Jesus is deliberately provoking the crisis that will end with him nailed to a cross. If we were to read all of the scriptures that are listed for today, not only would we be experiencing the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, but we would also be experiencing the passion of Christ too. It seems about a generation ago, liturgical scholars fearing that fewer and fewer people were attending Holy Week services, especially Good Friday, decided that as a result, they would combine the palm and the passion experiences into one Sunday so that all Christians attending worship on Palm Sunday would be sure to experience Holy Week. The Palm Sunday crowd suddenly experiences the traditions of Holy Week from adulation and joyful allegiance of Jesus to the rage-filled demands for him to be crucified. The disciples move from proudly marching at his side through the streets of Jerusalem to slinking away in fear, insisting they don't know who he is. Holy Week, which begins today, is our opportunity to immerse ourselves in this move from the joy of Palm Sunday, a joy that is centered around expectations of power and reward, through to the pain of realizing that our faith is often so weak when Jesus needs us the most, to the deep and profound joy of the day of resurrection, the day of forgiveness and new life. We have the opportunity to walk with Jesus in real time as the hourglass runs out, as he struggles with the knowledge that he has less than a week to live. When Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem on that day long ago, he made it abundantly clear that he was God's Messiah. From that moment until now, people have had to decide, are we for him or are we against him? Will we accept him or will we reject him? That choice is still yours and mine, and depending on what we decide, it can be the most important turning point in our lives. There are always those voices who would like to eliminate this matter of decision from Christianity. There's something about society today that shies away from making firm commitments and deciding between yes and no. Our modern society has made openness and neutrality so important today that we forget it's the fundamental choices we make that shape all of life, and for that matter, the life to come. But Palm Sunday confronts us with the reality of making choices. As individuals, we make choices every day. For Christians, they're choices between living life for God or living life for ourselves. 
that same necessity of choice confronts us as a nation. We can no longer be neutral about the destruction of our natural resources or the critical shortage of energy or the issue of human rights for all citizens or the explosive situations in Africa, the Middle East, Syria and Latin America. These are realities that we can no longer wash our hands of than Pilate could wash his hands of the responsibility that was forced upon him in the life and death of Jesus of Nazareth. In the same way, Jesus was simply not what people expected. They wanted a king who would justify their lifestyle, castigate their enemies, vindicate their selfishness, and confirm their prejudices. By comparison with most kingly entrances into a royal city, Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem was a pretty shabby affair. Instead of an army, there was a following of very ordinary people. Instead of generals and royalty, there was a handful of very ordinary disciples. Instead of a warrior king, there was a humble man riding on a donkey, a symbol of peace. Jesus' whole entrance into the city was a challenge to the world. It it said God's ways are not the world's ways. It said love, not hatred, is what God most desires. It said God's power and grace can save us, not human strength and wisdom. The gospel writer tells us that Jesus wept over the city because of the unwillingness of people to choose life over death. I believe God still weeps over the conflicts in this broken world, the conflict between rich and poor, the conflict between peoples of different race or ethnic background, the conflict between those who worship the living God in different ways. But those who long ago chose to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, it was a decision that transformed all of life. There was Zacchaeus who had mishandled money. There were James and John who had mishandled their desire for recognition and power. There was Mary who was criticized for her misuse of an expensive perfume. There was Peter who in a moment of weakness betrayed his best friend and Messiah. What actually happened to change their lives? You might say in Jesus Christ, they saw themselves more clearly than ever before. In Christ, they saw the possibilities of what it means to be truly human. In Christ, they saw the love that forgives our past and the transforming power that makes us into new persons. So they made a choice, a choice to let Jesus Christ be the Savior of their lives and the Lord of all. Palm Sunday calls us to make a choice, a choice that we need to make. Are we ready for Jesus or against him? Who is this Jesus? Who is this one hailed by peasants and lepers and cripples and prostitutes and day laborers as Messiah? Who is this man who was an ordinary carpenter turned prophet? Who is this man whose devoted followers soon deserted him and dispersed? Who is this man whose friend denies knowing him and the crowd judge? Who is this man who, tired of both religious and political elite and found not only unworthy but threatened and an enemy to the establishment? Who is this man who is dragged through the streets of Jerusalem and hauled to the execution grounds? Who is this man who is hung on a cross, abandoned and forsaken? Who is this man? Is it any wonder that the city folk are confused? 
There's nothing about Jesus, his entry into the city, his confrontation with authority, his brutal and lonely death that would inspire anyone to devotion. He comes not in power, but in weakness, not in might, but vulnerability, not in judgment, but in mercy, not in vengeance, but in love. Nothing about him conforms to the expectations of a world that has come to believe above all things that power always wins in the end. Who is this man? This is Jesus, the one we confess died not in order to make it possible for God to love us, but rather to demonstrate that God already loves us and that God's love is our only hope. This is Jesus, the one we proclaim each week as Messiah and Lord, the source of our hope and healing. This is Jesus, the example of God's action in the world, whose story comes to a climax this week in order that our story might begin anew with the hope and promise of a good ending. The ending is that love always wins. Who is this man? This is Jesus, the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Are you for him or against him? And as we begin this Holy Week, can you truly say in your heart, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord? Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us join together in prayer. Christ, we pray that you would hear our prayers and graft in our minds the same mind that is in you that we might be vessels of your humility and grace. Lord Jesus, you emptied yourself, treating in the form of God for the form of a slave. We pray for the church and all her people and ministers. Form us into a church that empties itself for others and for you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, you were born in human likeness and found in human form. We pray for the whole family, the whole human family, for the nations of the earth, and for all who live in the midst of disaster, famine, or terror. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, even after humbling yourself in your incarnation, you humbled yourself even to the point of death. We pray for our nation, our leaders, and all the people who live within these borders. Bless us with your humility. Lord, in your mercy hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, your humility and your love for us was so broad and deep it cost you your life. We pray for those who we love who have died, and as you were highly exalted, may they rest with you in glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In your exaltation, O Lord, you were given the name that is above every name. We pray in your name for those who are poor, those who are hungry, and those who are hurting in any way. Give them your grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We also pray in your name, O Lord, for those who are sick. Those suffering with the COVID-19 virus, give them the gift of healing, the gift of strength and life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You humbled yourself in the manger and you humbled yourself on the cross. And to you, O Lord, we bend our knee with those above and those below, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Well, our closing hymn on this uh, most holy of mornings is Ride On, Ride On in Majesty from Voices United 127, and this is sung by the Boys Choir of King's College. <laughs> 
is on a journey, and the way leads through opposition and misunderstanding. This journey leads through the shadows of betrayal, the night of Gethsemane, the afternoon darkness of Golgotha. Our Lord is on a journey. May we have the grace to follow this Christ and to give him our very lives. For in giving away our lives, we find them, and in dying, we live. And now may God bless us and keep us. May God's face shine upon us and be gracious to us. May God look upon us with kindness and give us peace. Go in the peace of Christ. Amen. <laughs>